Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Mohawk Valley Sports Watch podcast this morning. I'm just waiting for Pags. I think we're going to have Pags on this morning with us. Um, Coach Mendesis has basketball practice as they get ready for a sectional showdown, a home game next Friday night. Um, they'll play home against Baldwinsville. Um, so we'll hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to Coach a little bit before uh, before next week's game. The stat man, he's got other obligations here this morning, so you might just get me this morning for the full hour, but that's okay. We'll talk some college basketball. I'm excited to bring back Coach Matt Langle, uh, the head coach from Colgate. Uh, another fantastic season. Colgate comes in, winners of 11 in a row. Uh, they're 19 and 8 on the season. They're sitting atop the Patriot League once again. They went to the NCAA tournament the last three years. We'll talk to Coach a little bit more about that. And then at about 9.30, we'll talk to LeMoyne head coach, Nate Champion, who his team just qualified uh, for their conference tournament, the Northeast Conference, in their first year of the w Division I basketball. So I'm really excited uh, to talk to him at 9.30. So we'll get a full hour of talking some college basketball. My son and I and his buddy were down at the Colgate game yesterday, and Colgate dominated um, on the defensive end. They held Bucknell to 5 of 24 from the three-point line in a really good crowd uh, that was at Cottrell Court. Uh, so we'll talk to Coach. We'll try to talk a little Super Bowl uh, as well here this morning. Um, we'll see what everybody's thoughts were on the Super Bowl. I thought it was a great game. It started off uh, a little boring, but then uh, got a little interested at the end. And then, of course, everybody's talking about the decision for the San Francisco 49ers to receive the, the opening kick in overtime. And Kyle Shanahan's decision for that, I thought it was kind of odd. His players didn't know the rules. Uh, I think you got to put that on uh, on the head coach. Um, but we'll talk a little Super Bowl and more. Um, if you're listening on any of the social media platforms from LinkedIn to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, um, you can put your comments right in there, and I'll try to pull as many over uh, as I can. Uh, but in the meantime, before we get start talking some some college basketball, uh, let's let's recap this Super Bowl a little bit. And I don't know what everybody's thoughts were on the game. Um, I thought the the first half was kind of boring. For three quarters, it was probably boring. Um, I thought the halftime show was good. Some people didn't like the halftime show, but I feel like everybody always says the same thing that nobody likes the halftime show. Everybody, I think it depends on. You know, the generation, maybe some of the younger people like Dasher. Sure, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but let's talk about the game. First, I want to start with the Travis Kelsey on field incident with Andy Reid. I know this got a lot of a lot of publicity, and I think because of who it was uh in the heat of the moment. This isn't the first time that Travis Kelsey uh has done this with Andy Reid on the field. Um, and a, as a youth coach, I tell our kids. You don't act like that. You always pay attention to your coach. You always respect your coach. Um, even if you don't like your coach, I even say it's like in the business world, right? If you don't like your boss who you report to, you still have to respect your boss no matter what because he's your boss. I don't always agree with, with my boss. Um, I don't always agree with, with some of the coaches that I played for, and I always say the same thing. I played for some really tough coaches in high school. Um, I played for some coaches that would would get in your face and yell at you. And being the, the coach of a, a son of a coach, um, you know, my dad would yell. I mean, that's that's just how it was, you know, growing up. But I always respected my coaches. 
And I think um, if you follow um, the Kelsey Brothers podcast, his brother um, called him right out. His brother said it was unacceptable, unacceptable behavior. It could have been handled a much different way. Um, and I think Travis, you know, rightfully called himself out and said, I should never have done that on the field. Uh, in the heat of the moment, I respect the hell out of Coach Reed and what he's done for me. But you don't act like that. And I think there was no hesitation. I think everybody could agree that, you know, I don't think Travis Kelsey had a catch. They weren't playing that well offensively. Uh, but give credit to San Francisco's defense. So I thought played really well. I thought Steve Wilkes had a great game plan um, against Andy Reed and, and against Patrick Mahomes. They just had Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's the bottom line. And this whole thing on – I think this is this is awesome because nobody liked Tom Brady. Nobody liked the New England Patriots. And why didn't anybody like him? Because they won every year. Because Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl every year. Bill Belichick, they were there every year. And you feel like right now when you watch the NFL, it's like, all right, as long as Mahomes is there, he's getting there. And I think everybody on that last drive, including myself, said the same thing. I said, there's too much time. There's absolutely too much time. And San Francisco just gets a field goal. And it's like, all right, this one's over. I'm looking at my watch and how many hours of sleep am I going to get? Mahomes is just too good. And I know there's a lot of Bills fans. I, I, I think it's fascinating to see that you get all the Bills fans that aren't really true Bills fans that come out of the woodwork. You know, during the, during the NFL, during the season when they're winning and they're in the playoffs, you get on social media and you see, oh, and Josh Allen, we believe, and go Bills and this and that. Where's all the real fans when your team's losing? And this goes for any sport. I'm a Giants fan, so I don't have any room to talk because they stink. Um, and I think I try to teach my son this because we follow college football more than we follow the NFL. So some people are really diehard Bills fans or diehard Giants fans, or whoever you like in the NFL. I'm a diehard Michigan fan. My wife's a diehard Ohio State fan. Um, and there's some diehard Syracuse fans. But you have to be true fans. You have to be true to your team and go through the tough years. I had to sit through Ohio State beating Michigan, I think, for 10 years in a row or eight years in a row. And then now, just as of late, the last three years, Michigan went beats Ohio State three years in a row. It's like you have to take the good – with the bad. And, you know, my son gets all fired up because he's like, Oh dad, I'm going to root for this team. I'm like, Aiden, you have to be true to your team. This is the, this is the part about being a sports fan. We're Yankee fans in my household. They haven't won a world series in how long. And it's like every year you say, well, there's always next year. So my grandma used to say there's always next year. And that's true. But I feel like, again, when you watch Kansas city play, I think the whole thing with people saying, well, Mahomes is as good as Brady. Mahomes is better than – slow down. Slow down. I think he's the best right now in our game. He's young. He's definitely on track to break Tom's record of seven Super Bowl wins. But he's got three. So you got to slow down a little bit because I think people putting him ahead of Tom Brady, he he's a better talent, there's no doubt. I think there's a lot of better talent quarterbacks in the NFL than what Brady was. But the bottom line is when it came crunch time, and you needed to win a big game or go down the field for a big drive, you'd want Tom Brady. And I think it's the same thing right now. That's not taking anything away from the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allens of the world, 
the Jordan loves the Dak Prescotts of the world. It's Mahomes and everybody else. Um, and I think the separation between, you could say, him and Josh Allen. Josh Allen had a great year. I'm not taking anything away from him. But he doesn't make the big play when he needs to. Um, I think between one and two, there's a big gap. Um, I really do. But, again, if you go back to the Mahomes thing is, I don't. if, if I'm Andy Reid and everybody talks about Andy Reid, maybe he was going to retire, as long as you have Mahomes, why the hell would you even think about retiring? He may win two or three more Super Bowls. They're going to be favored next year again to three-peat, and they should be favored to three-peat. Um, but he's special. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I think people have to slow down a little bit. Um, years ago, and I'm talking years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, when I was living down in Columbus, uh, my buddy Nick from Seabus and I used to do a fun little sports show we used to do at Fats Billiards on, I don't know, Tuesday or Thursday nights. And one of the questions was Tiger Woods. And they said, well, Tiger's going to pass Jack Nicholas for, uh, for majors, uh, for most majors. And I said, no, he's not. Um, and this was a long time ago when Tiger was when Tiger was young. And I said, the reason why is because you don't know with injuries, and it's unfortunate for Tiger, um, injuries have killed him. Um, and it, it's definitely slowed him down. We may never see Tiger. Um, he had to pull out um, this past weekend for sickness, but you may never see Tiger on top of the golf world as he was many years ago when he was younger. Technology's different. You know, years ago, Tiger hit it further than anybody. Now these guys all hit it far. Um, they're a lot younger now um, than, than what they were years ago. But I said it then, and I'll say it again. You have to slow down with trying to compare Mahomes to Brady. He's got a ways to go. And it's, <clears throat> I think it's the same thing with LeBron and Jordan, right? If you ask me who the best basketball player is of all time, I'm going to tell you Michael Jordan. Some may tell you. Um, the younger kids now, I think, would probably say it's LeBron because they didn't see Jordan play in his prime. Um, some may say it's Kobe, and there's good arguments to say it's it's Kobe Bryant. But I'll, I'll tell you, it's Michael Jordan. So I think you got to be careful um, of how you lean, which way you're going to lean with all that. But um, But going back to the game, I thought the Niners had a really good game plan um, against Mahomes. I thought they kept Mahomes in the pocket early. And then once you got Mahomes, you know, out of the pocket, um, he's dangerous with his feet. But how about this past week, the decision for Kyle Shanahan to fire Steve Wilkes, who I think it was his first year as a defensive coordinator. I think they've ranked in the top half um, in defense. And listen, they were what, a few plays away from from winning that game. How about Kyle Shanahan, though, doing this? I think this is the fall guy, right? Because I thought Kyle Shanahan didn't call a great game in the Super Bowl. I thought he called a good game, but I don't think he called a great game. And then, again, you can go back to his decision to um, take the football in overtime. You know, it's not like college, the overtime. This year with the, with the changes, unless it's a defensive score, the game's over. So San Francisco walks down the field kicks the field goal, you weren't going to hold Patrick Mahomes to a field goal. Giving him the ball with a chance to go down and win you the game, I'm not sure I would have done that. Uh, now, Kyle Shanahan said, you know, before the game and even during the game that he was talking about like a third overtime. And I'm sitting here saying, 
how do you talk about a third overtime when you got to get through the first overtime? And then you got then you know you, everybody talks about a lot of the analytics. I'm not a big analytic guy, um, but you have the analytics now in the NFL. You see it in baseball more. Um, you know when do you go for the two point conversion? Um, you know when it's fourth and one. You know at whatever yard line it is, the the analytics will tell you to go for it. I'm not a huge analytics guy. Um, but the Niners' decision to take the ball in overtime, a lot of people questioned it. And then you come come on the next day and you read and see all these articles saying that the, the San Francisco players didn't even know the rules in overtime. Well, whose fault's that? That's got to be on that's the coach's fault, right? That they didn't know the overtime rules. And I think the somebody made a really interesting comment as well that they said, even and I didn't pick this up. Some people said they heard it. I, I didn't hear it. Um, but they said during the coin toss that one of the referees said, are you sure? When San Francisco said um, they want the ball, they said, were you sure about that? So I thought that was really interesting um, when, when I heard that. But, again, I'm not a huge analytic guy. But we got Coach Langle in the, in the, in the green room here, so I'm going to bring him on. Enough of me talking football. I want to talk college basketball because it was a great day. Uh, yesterday, a lot of big games in college basketball, and my son and I and his buddy were at the Colgate game rooting on coaching the team, and we saw a great uh, great crowd and a, a great defensive effort by uh, by Colgate. So let's bring on Coach now. Hey, Coach, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me. No problem. Always like talking Colgate sports in general, Coach, so I appreciate it. I was um, – I was just telling everybody, my son and I and one of his buddies were at the game, and I was trying to get my son to actually pay attention, Coach, but having a sixth grader um, trying to watch the game, and I'm like, see how they move without the ball? See how they set their screens? I couldn't get him to pay enough attention to the game. He was too worried about playing on his phone. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have that same problem. I got a fourth grader and an eighth grader and a sophomore in high school, and they live it, so uh... – they're probably too stressed out worrying about uh, illegal screens and what have you. Then maybe they should <laughs> some more time playing some fun games or something. Well, coach, you guys had a great defensive effort uh, yesterday. Um, I kept saying I didn't. I didn't see the stats until after the game, but I think you guys held Bucknell. I think it was eighteen of fifty-eight from the field. You guys really pressured the shooters. Yeah, we did a good job. Uh, our guys were locked in. We've got some pretty good depth on our roster, some different types of defenders, and I, I think we did a great job of, um, you know, they've got a great scorer in Jack Forrest, and we, we did a good job of, of making his catches hard and, and, and limiting his good looks and, you know, making him shoot a lot of shots to get the points that he did. So, yeah, I was really proud of the defensive effort, the consistency that we brought on a, on a game where we weren't, we certainly weren't shooting our best, which which happens. And to be able to win um, the way we did and uh, uh, without shooting the ball great is, uh, I think, a testament to the team that we can be. And coach, you guys had uh, so that's eleven in a row. So you're you guys got had gotten beat to Lafayette uh, back in early January, and you guys have played really good basketball. And obviously, heading into uh, March, your conference tournament. This is when you guys want to be peaking. What's changed since that game? I think we've, um, 
you know, you, you can lose on any given night, and we've had a couple of close games. I think we've just continued to grow as a team. Uh, again, we've got some some new pieces, uh, some young pieces, um, some guys that, you know, are just playing different roles, even though they've been around for a while. And so, yeah, sometimes that takes takes time to kind of grow into the team that you're going to become. You know, I credit the group and the the veteran leadership for for keeping that the main thing of of let's keep getting better and improving. And so, uh, I think we have ramped up the defense. Uh, we recognize that that can kind of be our calling card. Uh, and in doing that, we've gotten some. It's led to some good chances in transition on the offensive end. Uh, and then we have, you know, some of the other guys have started shooting the ball better. I mean, we've had, you know, consistent performances from some guys. And then we, you know, we like a guy like Chandler Baker, who earlier in the season wasn't playing a, a whole lot, just, you know, threw up 19 and 17 in two games with great shooting. So, um, again, a lot of different weapons, a lot of a lot of depth to the bench. And I think guys just kind of, um, you know, just feeling their way along and, and becoming the, the team that we are now. And, and hopefully we can continue that here through the rest of the month and into March. Coach, one of the things I always talk with you on, and I always I talk with this with Coach Dacosti too, is the non-conference schedule um, that Colgate seems to play in. You know, it was no different for you guys this year. You had Syracuse on the ropes uh, against Syracuse, a really good Yale and Harvard team, Arizona, the fight in the line, and then Iona. Talk to us a little bit about each year, the non-conference schedule you guys play, and I know it gets you ready um, for for your your league playing in the Patriot League, but you guys always seem to play a really tough non-conference schedule. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there's a lot of different variables in the non-conference. One, you, you want to prepare your team the best you can for conference play. So, you know, uh, winning a lot of games by, by uh, a significant amount of points because you're playing inferior competition certainly isn't testing yourself. Um, to we, the guys we recruit, they, they want to play in a lot of big time games. So, you know, whether it's Syracuse at the Dome or Vermont at Vermont, like you said, you know, we played some teams that were predicted to win their conference, Weber State uh, in Canada, Yale in Canada. Um, so we, we played a, a tough non-conference slate. Um, and the other part of it is like your, your coaching memory. So, you know, when we get a chance to go play last year, it was at Auburn. This year it was um you know we did get to go to the go to the dome when you get to play those those kind of games um you know you're you're in, in you know we've been fortunate enough to beat Syracuse twice and you know have a big lead and lose in a close game this year you, you remember those games as a as a player as a as a you know when you're you know I don't know 10 20 20 years when you're back at a reunion mm -hmm. and you're you know, with your with your teammates and your guys, you know, we played Arizona, you know, when they were number one in the country, Illinois is a top 25, if not a top 10 team. So, yeah, those kind of games just are, are ones that you remember the venues, the crowds, the atmospheres, the environments, and in addition to testing yourself and and figuring out, you know, what you need to work on and, and where you and what what exposes some of your weaknesses. And coach, I, I you got you got a group of seniors, but with uh with ryan keegan and uh i always say that i think jeff gives you guys such a spark when he comes in for you off the bench but talk about how special those guys are i know you got some other seniors too but if you could just talk maybe about that group specifically yeah we, we've had some good fortune here for a few years to be um to be veteran uh it just it so happens that our our experience is now really in the front court so 
you know, records in Moffitt to start the game in their fifth year is obviously, you know, key players. But off the bench, the point that you made, Jeff Woodward comes in and you really don't skip a beat. And oftentimes, you know, he, he adds a little bit of force to the equation. He's so big and strong and, um, you know, he gets in there and big guys are tired or he's going against the second string big guy. And, and you know, we don't skip a beat. And, say, and our hope is that we can kind of make a push during that time. Sam Thompson joins them in those minutes. You know, six nine athletic forward. Uh, again, on a lot of teams, he would play an even bigger role than he plays on our team. But those, you know, those twelve to fifteen minutes that he's in the game, it gives us a, you know, more length, more more size, uh, more interior presence. So, yeah, that those the core of four guys of uh, you know anchoring our our front court is is really um, something you feel good about as a coach that you've got that stability uh, at those key spots. Coach, we've talked about the the Patriot League. As everybody knows, it's it's always a one bid league, and you know you've been the team to come out of there for you've been in the NCAA tournament the last three consecutive years, and you you've, you've given some teams fits in the NCAA tournament. But as far as preparation goes, and I know a coach would say you got to prepare the same no matter who you're playing. But the you know to go through the Patriot League and knowing it's a one bid league, and as you said. You can get beat on any given day. Do you have to prepare any different come tournament time for in, in your league? Yeah, I, I mean, if your question's in the postseason, like in our conference tournament, do we prepare any differently? Um, no, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just that you're you you're you're in that you know winner go home moment. Um, there is no extra postseason. You know, if we can be fortunate enough and close out this regular season champion in the past, you had known that you were going to the you know, the NIT, which, you know, while it's not the NCAA, it can be a, a heck of an experience. So the, the rules have changed and that's not the case anymore. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, win or go home. So you, you kind of prepare the exact same way. The game is no different. It's no less, um, you know, significant. So you're not, you're not like doing anything different, but yeah, there's that, there's that energy and, 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 uh, and understanding from the group that, you know, if you do have a slip up, a bad performance, uh, something goes, something goes sideways, then, you know, your, your, your season could be over. Coach, I read, I, I, I read all the articles and I, I follow just about everybody on ESPN and all that. And, you know, they, they already of course have their, their March madness teams to, to look out for in this, in the non-power fives. And, and you guys are always mentioned, and I, I was looking back over the last two or three years, and, you know, last year you guys get a Texas team, I think, made 13 or 14 threes against you guys, shot the lights out. And then the year before that, you know, you guys run into a Wisconsin team where your guard, Tucker Richardson, I thought went toe-to-toe with Johnny Davis, who was one of the best guards in the country. But it's always – the Patriot League always gets that 15 or 16, or sometimes they sneak into a 14 – and you guys have to go play somebody really good. But when you hear kind of your name, and I know some coaches don't listen to it, but when you hear the people say, well, you don't want to play Colgate, that team that Coach Langle has with the experience coming back, they're going to be a tough out against whoever they face. You guys have played pretty well in the NCAA tournament over the years. Uh, we, we have. The four times we've been there, um, again, we like you said, you're going to play a really good team. Um, so whether it was Tennessee or Arkansas or the two that you mentioned, um, you know, we've found ways to kind of hang in the game. And, you know, I, I think we had leads at, at different points in the game. Certainly that Arkansas game, we were, we were up a, a good deal there in the first half before.
for it. Got away from us. They they changed their defense. But I think that the fact that we have had those experiences, that we, you know, had games like, you know, the ones that you talked about at the beginning of the conversation when you play Syracuse and Arizona, it, it, it helps to have an understanding and a, and a poise and a confidence about you. Look, everybody that makes the NCAA tournament is a really good team. Um, you know, it so happens that we're going to play one of the best teams in the country regardless. So, yeah, it's just in those moments, you know, I, hopefully we can we can uh, pull on, if, if we're fortunate enough to be there, we can pull on those experiences that we've had and, and be comfortable because it's a unique stage. It's exciting for all kids. Um, but, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a real – uh, accomplishment to get back there just to, to to have that experience again. Coach, I always talk to Patriot League up and my, my Fordham guys, I think I've told you this before, but my Fordham guys always yell at me and say, you give Colgate a little bit too much too much press back that way. And I'm and I'm proud of it because I always I have guys like yourself that have been so good to me over the years. But I gotta ask the question because when any job comes up in in college basketball, I always say if I'm an athletic director, I pick the phone up and I call Coach Langle what what makes Colgate so special for you? Because I know you got, you know, your boys play basketball in the area and stuff, and I know that's important. But what makes Colgate such a special place for you and your family? Oh, there's a lot of things, Rick, that go into it. Um, one, it, it is it is family oriented. You know, it, it is a small college town. We live right in the village. Um, you know, I, I live less than a mile from from the gym. My kids can be around all the time. I can be around my kids. Um, you know, we're getting ready to go play Lafayette with a chance to win a championship on, on Monday night on national TV. And I'll be able to get home for a double header boys, the boy, the, the girls, Hamilton central school, I think is the number two seed maybe in the section as are the boys. They'll both be playing home on, on Wednesday night. If they can win, they'll be playing home on Friday night. So just the, the nature of the, of the job that I have, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of other responsibilities that take me to this event or you know it's it, recruiting is is a little bit unique in that there's nobody there, there's not often guys right in your backyard that you can be going to high school games every night so I get to spend a lot of time with my family and enjoy these days um, uh, and the things that are most important to me I get to coach great kids um, you know where everybody talks about transfer portal and name image and likeness and and how horrible college athletics is becoming. You know, I, I get to coach kids that are coming from, you know, really grounded families who have raised them well and, and put them in position to achieve, uh, you know, and understand the value of academics and achieve in the classroom in addition to pursuing their dreams as players. So, you know, every, every day I, I'm, you know, that I'm worried when our, when our ball screen coverage is a little off and I, I don't have to deal with, um, knock on wood, a, a lot of the other issues that are going on in college athletics. So, yeah, there's a lot of different layers to uh, what makes this job great. We've got an incredible fan base. You you experience it just, you know, living in a small village of a few thousand people to have that many people come out on a Saturday afternoon to support the team and be as much a part of, of, of our journey as they are. is It all kind of intertwines and makes it really special. Well, Coach, I always love having you on. You've been good to me for, for a long time, so I appreciate that. I'm glad I got a chance to meet you in person uh, at your son's game. Hopefully I wasn't yelling too crazy, Coach, in uh, sixth-grade uh, basketball. No, it's great. It's great. I appreciate I appreciate you and everybody else in the central New York area that, that, that shows us some love and, and uh, comes down to games and, and covers us when they get a chance. 
Well, Coach, good luck. Best of the way. We'll do it again soon. Good luck next week, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in March. All right. Take care, Rock. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, I mean, he's done such a great job um, since he's been at Colgate. And, you know, when 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 Jim Beheim retired, I think everybody knew that uh, the Syracuse job was going to, whether it was Coach Autry or, or G-Mac, that it was going to be a Syracuse guy. But, but I say it all the time. I say if, if I'm an AD and I'm looking for a first-class coach who does it the right way, um, I'm calling Matt Langle. Um, I thought he should have got a call for the Syracuse job. Maybe he did. But when you when you listen to him talk about the family piece, being able to watch his kids play, um, even for me at the high school level, it's it's so nice to be in Rome to watch my watch my kids play. Um, I miss it, but you know, I wouldn't trade anything in the world for missing my my son as he gets older, my daughter as he gets older. I got a chance to meet Coach Langle in person. His, I think it was his son that's in fourth grade, um, played against a sixth grade boys team, my, my son's team that I, I was coaching. And I saw Coach Langle sitting all the way down at the end, you know, kind of by himself, away from everybody. I introduced myself to him, and um, he took the time to, to talk to me for a little bit. And just a first class guy who does it the right way. And I always say this: it's not always about chasing the money; it's what makes you happy. And I think for for coach at a special place like Colgate. And a lot of my Fordham guys always joke me and say, you give Colgate all this press. Well, A, I'm only a half hour, 40 minutes from Colgate. And B, all the coaches there have been so good to me over the years uh, about coming on with me. Anytime I've reached out, Coach Langle's always come on. Coach DeCosti, the football coaches, always come on with me um, to talk football. Um, and those guys have done a good job. It's a special kid to play in the Patriot League. Between academics you talk about the name, image, and likeness thing, the NIL. The Patriot League really doesn't have the millions of dollars to pay a kid. Um, he's got some really good fifth-year seniors um, that he talked about. And hopefully, and you don't want to look ahead because Lafayette um, pulled off an upset um, at Colgate on January 10th against them, and now they'll go play Lafayette on Tuesday. The game's on CBS. You don't want to look ahead. But it's tough when it's a one-bid league. You can dominate that league like Colgate has over the years. The one year, I think it was about four years ago, they, I think they were undefeated going through the Patriot League, and Boston University upset them. <coughs> excuse me, upset them in the championship game. Boston U goes to the NCAA tournament, and Colgate missed out. So, the one bid leagues are really tough. You got to play really well. You don't really have a lot of room for error to slip up. Um, but I'll say this. If they get through the Patriot League tournament and into the NCAA tournament, they are going to be a brutal out for anybody that they play. And they'll probably be either in that 215, the 116. I don't think they'll get up to the 14th. Patriot League usually gets 15 or 16. Um, and I think the last so many years they've been 15. Arkansas, Wisconsin. I remember the game against Wisconsin. I was trying to tell Coach, and he remembers the games, but – um, he had a guard, Tucker Richardson, that went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Johnny Davis, who at the time, Johnny Davis was one of the best guards in America. Um, and they fell to Wisconsin 66-60. Last year they played a Texas team that was the two-seed. Um, they lost 81-61. But Texas shot the lights out of the basketball uh, against them. They knocked down 13 threes. 
um, in that game. So it was a crazy, crazy game. Um, but they'll be a tough out, and I hope to see them in March. I know everybody around here would like to see it happen. Um, great atmosphere yesterday um, at Colgate. It was a really, really fun environment. So best of luck, Coach. I appreciate you uh, coming on. So let's continue to talk some basketball. Let's switch gears and talk to Lemoyne head coach, uh, Coach Nate. There he is. How are you, Coach? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I get to talk college basketball today. I absolutely love it. Awesome. That was a fun so how, yesterday, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a good day and good day for you guys. And uh, I was just talking to Matt Langle, the Colgate coach. Uh, we got a chance to get up and watch his team play, and they're playing some good basketball. And so are you guys. You guys are playing some really good basketball here down the stretch. Yeah, well, Matt does a great job over there at Colgate. And, uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to develop a good relationship with him and you know, consider him a friend. So, you know, he's he, – does a tremendous job there, and Colgate continues to uh, to uh, win games in the uh, Patriot League, and that seems to be pretty much like clockwork nowadays. So uh, it was good to see him doing well, and yeah, the Dolphins played well yesterday and good enough to get a win. So it was it was a good week for us, Coach. I always love talking to the former players that that played there and at, at any school now, and you see that are coaching. Um, What's it like being a former player? And you you weren't just a former player. You were a really good player for Lemoyne there. But being a former player there and now taking over at your alma mater, how special is that for you? I mean, I think just there's a sense of pride that comes with it, you know, just knowing that I'm responsible for where this program's going to head in the future and, um, you know, kind of having a special place, uh, you know, to call home and and to be the head coach of it you know it's it's just a great opportunity and for me uh it's something that i cherish and uh really enjoy and you know i'm thankful for lemoyne to give me this opportunity and uh letting me grow as a coach too because i got the job at 27 years old so I <laughs> and i was just going to say that that was my next uh my next question is you when you got this job you were a young you're still a young yeah. coach but how, how have you grown over the years since becoming the head coach? Oh, man. I mean, I think where I was at 27 to now is, uh, you know, there's been a lot of learning, a lot of, you know, nights where I come home and I'm like, wow, why did I do that? Or I shouldn't have called that play or, or ran this, you know, or I should have changed the defense here or there. Um, so just a lot of that. And honestly, LeMoyne's been great in allowing me to grow, you know, obviously being at the division two level and the NE 10 was, uh, you know, it was a, a really tough conference to start off as a head coach. And, you know, you went up against really good coaches as well. So made you grow there. And then this year I've grown a lot as well, just, you know, stepping up a level and going against other coaches that can really, um, you know, get their teams to adjust and throw different things at you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great experience for sure. Coach, who have, who have been some of the coaching, I guess, the mentors for you uh, along the way here? Uh, well, I'll start with my, you know, my two former bosses, uh, Mike Donnelly down at Florida Southern, who is, uh, in my opinion, should be the Sunshine State Coach of the Year this year. Um, you know, they're second in the league. They lost their uh, All-American in the second game of the year. And, you know, he's done a tremendous job down there. And, you know, coaching under him for uh, two years was just something that, 
you know, I always cherish and he calls me all the time and we talk, you know, more about just life and what's happening than basketball, but uh, he does a tremendous job. And then Chris Krause, who we played yesterday, Stonehill, uh, gave me my first coaching opportunity. And, um, you know, he's a tremendous person and friend uh, that I'm lucky enough to have. And then guys that I haven't coached with or under, um, you know, Matt Lengel has been someone that I've got to know over the past couple of years. And he's uh, been someone that we take a look at, you know, just I will call him and ask him certain questions or certain things. And uh, he's been great. And then Steve Donahue at Penn is another one that I'm lucky enough to to call a good friend. So, um, you know, those guys obviously knew I had a lot of learning and a lot of questions that were going to be coming to them. And they've been great in helping me out. How excited were you in, in, in the program when you guys were um, got the news that you guys are going to make that leap to the Division One level? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy. You know, I tell people all the time, I had people calling me asking for games like two weeks before it <laughs> happened. And I'm like, I, I mean, I guess if you want to put a Division Two team on your schedule, you can, you know. But, um, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where we knew it was coming at that a certain point um but leading up to it i mean just thought it was a tremendous opportunity and a great way for lemoyne to grow as a school and as a national brand instead of just a regional brand so coach you guys got if my math is right you guys got your first d1 win back on november 11th against cal state northridge what was that moment like oh uh, it was awesome i mean so just i think it was it's better for our, like our guys and, you know, we have such a great group of, of players, um, you know, being able to, you know, show that their hard work is paying off and they belong at this level against a really good Northridge team. Um, and you could tell kind of going into the game that they were really hungry and, and they were going to play as hard as they could. And, um, you know, our defense really set the tone that game. And then, uh, you know, after the game, just celebrating with our team and, uh, you know, kind of marking that in the history books as our first Division One win. I mean, it's a special moment for everybody. And I was just telling Coach Langle, and um, I always talked about, you know, Patriot League because I cover a lot of their football program as well. But, you know, non-conference, they played some really big teams out of conference. I think five or six games, you know, the stretch that they had against whether it was Arizona, Syracuse. Um, and then when I look at you guys, you guys open the season – at Georgetown, at Villanova, and I'm like, you guys for your first year in D1 to go out and play some of those schools right out of the gate. Um, great for the program. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was, like I said, it kind of puts LeMoyne on a national stage, and I apologize for my dog barking. That's okay. Um, but, you know, I think it it took uh, – hold on one second. It took, uh, you know, a lot of planning and a lot of uh, – It took a lot of planning and a lot of uh, hard work, I think, to get those games. But at the same time, I mean, playing on FS1 and FS2, at, you know, and then Peacock against Penn State, you know, it, it just helps LeMoyne overall with their, like, promoting our national brand. Like I said, I know it's kind of one of those things that, that uh, you don't really understand until you're here. 
you know, and at this level. Um, but for me, it was just something that I, I started to understand quickly with, you know, how much recognition your school gets. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, just having the ability to be part of this journey with Lemoyne and getting them to uh, Division One has been something that's really special. I thought it was really cool, Coach. I forget which game it was. I was actually at a bar with a buddy watching basketball, <laughs> and I and I looked up on the screen and I'm like, Lemoyne's on TV. I said, How awesome is this to see a Lemoyne game? As I'm sitting here having a few beers with a buddy yeah. watching you guys on TV, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean it. And that was so many of like my friends back home in Indiana and, uh, you know, people all over Syracuse, you know, sending me messages or pictures of the TV and we're on it, you know, so uh, it's pretty cool just to kind of be, you know, on that stage. But also, I think it's just so much more of a uh, experience for our kids, you know, and the uh, the experience that you have traveling around. United States playing. I mean, we were in California for 10 days. Like, you don't get that too many times at, at the college level unless you're at Division One. Well, Coach, talk, you, you know, talk about – I mean, you guys are playing some good basketball. Not only did you guys beat Central Connecticut, the leading team, you beat them twice, um, and you guys are sitting right there in the middle of the pack in uh, the conference this year. Yeah, I mean – the Northeast Conference, obviously, with Central and, and Merrimack at the top, um, you know, we – we're fortunate enough to beat Central twice and uh, unfortunate, you know, to, to lose to Merrimack twice. But, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is we continue to take it one day at a time. And uh, we have a good opportunity coming up this week, um, you know, at LIU, who's been playing really well lately. And then, um, you know, at home again on Saturday with FDU. So a big week for us and uh, great opportunities ahead. Hopefully we can continue to play well. You know, and it's been fun just, again, first year and, and having this some success has been great to see. And, Coach, you guys are right there at the top with scoring offense, um, which I think is awesome. And you got two of the top scorers in, in Clary and uh, Luke Sutherland. Talk about how special those two guys are. Well, yeah, I mean, the offense, you know, it seems like the ball kind of finds them and, and continues to find them. And that's something that, you know, in our offense, you know, there's – Everybody's touching the ball. Everybody's, you know, getting touches, and those guys have taken advantage of where they're getting it at. And you know, the, the best thing about those two are they don't really force shots. You know, they play out of our offense and understand where their shots will come from, and then uh, go from there. But you know, Kai and Luke have had great years, and they continue to play really well for us down the stretch. And you know, it's obviously a nice luxury to have when you can rely on some guys to make some shots for you and. Uh, you know, the rest of our team does a great job as well. I mean, shooting really well from the three-point line and the free-throw line, too. And so, you know, continuing to do that uh, down the stretch, I think, will be big for us if we're going to have success. FDU last year, obviously, the story with Coach Anderson was another local guy um, pulling off uh, one of the biggest upsets in, in tournament history, you know, out of that, you know, your conference. Um, what's that do for, for your guys' conference? I know it, you know, it's kind of similar to the Patriot League, right? The, if the, the winner of the Patriot League tournament normally is in that 15, 16 seed, your guys' conference, I would assume, is probably 15 or 16. 
maybe the play-in game, the 16 versus 16. But what did that win do for the for the conference? I mean, yeah, I know going into the game against FDU, people were like, oh, you play FDU? Oh, man, that's going to – you know, that's a huge game. And so I think just the overall recognition and understanding of what type of teams we have here and the type of talent that's in the league, um, you know, is – something that's not always recognized you know we don't have the big name teams all the time but you know it's something that won't be forgotten you know the second team ever to beat a uh, a one seed being a 16 seed so um you know it is tremendous and tobin did a great job with that group and um you know castleberry continues to do, to do a good job with his group as well this year and you know they're always a tough team but i think the recognition that the league got from that is something that you can't really match or or do just by you know being streamed on espn plus or or being on national television and coach the last thing i was gonna ask you as far as recruiting grows i know playing you know the national televised games always help you know some of the non-conference games that you guys have played this year for a kid to say oh you can go play at georgetown at villanova at these big schools does that kind of change the recruiting for you guys at lemoyne i know lemoyne probably like colgate goes after a, a special type of kid um, that you might compete with. But does that stuff help you guys in recruiting? I mean, it definitely helps, you know, having the visibility um, and being able to say, hey, you know, you know, Rocky, we play at on FS1 tonight or, hey, we play on Peacock, you know, tune in and, and watch us. Uh, it, it goes a long way. And I think the style of play that we play is something that, uh, you know, younger athletes look at and look for. Um, you know, obviously being a scoring offense in the 70s and in, in college basketball isn't something that's, you know, for everyone. But um, I think the biggest thing is just continuing to get the right kids for LeMoyne, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing for us. Well, Coach, we'll definitely be following you the rest of the way. We're, we're proud of you this way and continue the success and uh, best of luck in the, uh, the tournament. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate it, Rocky. Thanks for having me on. No problem, Coach. Thank All you. Right, have a good one. He's done a really good job there, um, former player. I, I think it's awesome when you talk to former players that are coaching at their alma mater, um, I think is always special. Um, and you want it just gives you a little bit extra motivation because he knows the program. He was a really good player uh, for LeMoyne. And I think if you would have to say right now, you'd probably say maybe they've overachieved. Um, you know, in, in conference this year, they've beaten Central Connecticut State both times. Um, and Central Connecticut State is in first place in that conference. Mary Max right up there. Um, FDU, they're they're all right there. So it's a really, really tough league. Um, but they've done it. It was really cool because I forget where I was when I was watching uh basketball, having a few beers with with a buddy of mine, and you look up and you say, Lemoyne's on TV. And it's like you don't ever remember saying, well, wait a minute, LeMoyne's on FS1 or LeMoyne was on the Yes Network. So really, 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 really cool. And he's done a fantastic job um, there at, at LeMoyne too. Uh, I was going to tell him my niece is actually going to be a freshman next year at LeMoyne. She got a soccer scholarship uh, to play soccer at LeMoyne. So um, we'll be following LeMoyne even closer. So thanks, Coach, for uh, for coming on. Um it's been fun talking basketball because I think anytime you get an opportunity to talk to two local coaches 
um, I think is is pretty cool. Um, and both Colgate and Lemoyne having uh, great years. Um, so thanks to Coach Langle and Coach uh, Nate Champion for uh, for jumping on some scores last night. Top twenty five scores in college basketball. And I got to say this, it's UConn and everybody else. I know people are going to say Purdue was playing really well. After watching what UConn did last night to Marquette, I think they are the clear cut. It's going to be really tough to beat UConn. Um, they hammered Marquette 81-53. Houston beat Texas 82-61. Arizona beat Arizona State 105-60. I think this might be it for Bobby Hurley over at uh, Arizona State. We'll see. They have not played well this year um, at all. Kansas uh, beat Oklahoma 67-57. North Carolina beat Virginia Tech 96-81. Tennessee beat Vanderbilt 88-53. Duke went on the road and beat Florida State 76-67. Iowa State 82-74 over Texas Tech. LSU beats South Carolina at home 64-63. Baylor beats West Virginia 94-81. Kentucky went on the road and beat Auburn in Auburn, which is a tough place to play, 70-59. The Fighting Illini beat Maryland 85-80. Alabama 100-75 over AM. The Dayton Flyers at home beat my Fordham Rams 78-70. Creighton beat Butler. BYU fell to Oklahoma State 93-83. That's a tough loss for BYU as Oklahoma State was below 500. Wisconsin fell to Iowa, 88-86. Virginia beat Wake Forest, 49-47. Uh, a defensive juggernaut there. And then Indiana State, who's ranked in the Mountain West uh, or the Missouri Valley Conference, they fell to Southern Illinois, 74-69 uh, last night. So we're creeping up. I think there's only about three or four um, conference games left. And then after that, we'll get into conference play, and then we'll be in, in March Madness, which I think other than college football, the bowl season is the best time of the year. So on behalf of myself today, I thought I was going to have Pags with me. Coach Medesis has basketball practice, a stat man. He was out and about today. Um, I will say we're going to be releasing a new show that will join the rock pile here shortly. Um, I won't exactly say what the name of the podcast is just yet but there'll be another podcast it'll be jumping on here on the rock pile uh, i look forward to that i'll post it here once we uh finalize some things uh but again thanks to coach langle thanks to coach nate champion thanks for everybody for tuning in this morning here on the mohawk valley sports watch podcast enjoy the weekend everybody we'll see you again next week on the mohawk valley sports watch have a good weekend everybody